0: Okay, got to do this. You got to watch out when the pastor says something like, "I don't usually do this." My wife's always like, "Yeah, there's a reason." But I'll tell you what—I was watching the game last night. I was supposed to be working on my sermon confession, but the Final Four was on. It was Gonzaga who was playing UCLA. I, if you're baseball, baseball, thank you. Basketball. If you're a basketball fan, you might not know, but it was amazing. The last seconds. Okay, and the other team had so so like three seconds left. This, one of the Gonzaga kids, I call them kids because now they're less than half my age, and they grab the ball and they run to half court and he just heaves it up. And it banks through the hoop to win the game for Gonzaga. Yeah, that's what I'm getting at. The whole stadium erupted. It was like, woohoo! And it's like everybody all together and everybody's, and it's like the whole team swamped him. It was like amazing. Ah. Oh. You guys. The tomb was empty okay i need this this is the thing i don't usually do but we're gonna do i i need a yahoo all together one two three yahoo i one more hallelujah hallelujah wow if i'm in africa i mean we, we, we man people start to just jump up and down and they they're so excited and i feel like sometimes we're excited but we show our excitement by singing how great thou art and he is great, don't get me wrong. It's an awesome song. But, oh, this is the day that we rejoice. It's that, and, you know, every single part of it is just fantastic. You know, and, and, and we could take any piece, and we've taken in previous years a bunch of pieces, right, where it's the women who come to the tomb first, the women, the lowest in society, and Jesus shows them first, gives them the testimony of the empty tomb. It could be when Mary runs and sees Jesus. You know, she thought he was the gardener because he still looks so humble and lowly. That's our Savior. He's awesome. It could be on the road to Emmaus when he goes to the disciples there in Luke 24 and and he talks to them and he shows them how the Old Testament is all about him. The scriptures are about our Savior who rose from the dead. It could be about doubting Thomas, doubting no more. Because Jesus appeared to him and says, touch it, Thomas, these scars on my hand. It could be about Peter, Peter who, you know, he swore to Jesus with all of his heart that he would never leave him. And then there he did. And yet Jesus Christ, the son of God came after him. Just amazing. This is our savior. This is the one who's for you. This is the one who loves you. This is what we, we gather around and, 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 and yeah. So it's, these aren't these flowers, which by the way, thanks the people who have done our flowers and our stuff and we've got a fun plant to give away. That's great. It's not a funeral service. Right? We do flowers for funerals. It's a He's Alive service because He is. So I, just warm hearts, we, I, and, and as we do that, I've chosen today to rewind, to take a little slice from Jesus on the cross. But it's got to be with full knowledge and wonder, and we know what happens. He's alive. Because you know what? Jesus didn't die alone. He went to the cross alone. But he died with two other people, right? Two criminals. Our Savior died a criminal. Pretty amazing. And in light of the empty tomb, I want us to think about them together on this resurrection day because I think there's this little nugget there that just warms my heart, and I hope it warms yours today. And it's about the reality of Jesus being with you. Let me show you. So if you have your Bibles and want to look, we're in Luke chapter 23. We're going to look at just 10 verses there. It's a fun little passage. I'll put it on the screen. But here it goes. Luke chapter 23. We're going to pick it up in verse 39. It says this. It says, one of the criminals who were hanged, rallied. I actually want to back it up. we back it up just a little bit. That's too soon. I don't like that. I want to do this earlier. I'm just going to read. It. it says, two others, it says in verse 32, who were criminals, were led away to be put to death with Jesus. And when they came to the place that was called the Skull, that's Golgotha, you know, and there they crucified Jesus and the criminals. Together, one on his left, one on his right. Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. (laughs) We know, right? They really don't know. They're crucifying the king of heaven, and he's not going to stay in the grave. He's going to rise from the dead. And they cast lots to divide his garments, and the people stood by and watching. But the rulers scoffed at him, saying, he saved others. Let him save himself if he's the Christ, his chosen one. The soldiers also mocked him, coming off and offering him sour wine and saying, if you're the king of the Jews, save yourself. There's an inscription above him saying, this is the king of the Jews. He is the king. The most wonderful truth you could ever really know is said right there that we aren't there yet where I want to go, but I want to build up to it so you see it rightly. These three dying men and each of them say something. I think on purpose. Profound. A protest and admission and finally finally a promise. So that that's this is the verse that we're getting to. At first starting with it sort of a dying man's challenge, if you will. I think sometimes our challenge to God too, a protest. This is the verse. One of the criminals who were hanged. So two thieves on the crosses and Jesus, right? railed at him saying are you not the Christ save yourself and us pretty amazing huh none of these three people are going to stay on the cross This first dying man, this first thief, he says, aren't you the Christ? If you are, save yourself. And, and, and normal, regular, this is, this is the normal thing. Why? Because when I read quickly through, they all said the same thing. Did you notice? The ruler said, if you're the Christ, save yourself. The, the, the soldier said, if you're the king, save yourself. The guy on the cross says, if you're the king, save us. Save yourself. Save me. All of them are saying the same thing. There's a universal idea. I expect that the king when he comes, that God when he comes, that Messiah when he comes, he's going to act a certain way. What way? He's going to act in power. He's going to blast away his enemies, sinners and bad people. He's going to take control. He's going to establish strength. Justice. He's going to establish the lines of what I think justice is. What I think justice is. Fairness. Particularly in association with me. Is there someone who's evil? God's going to destroy them. Because I'm good. Save Jesus. Save me too. I'm with you, I'm the good guy. These evil Romans over here. You know what he's not going to do, this king? Die like a criminal. So this is a test for Jesus from this dying man. Man, I'll believe in you if you get me out of here. He has this urgent felt need. He's bleeding to death. I'll believe, I'll be yours, Jesus. Just make your move. That's it, right? Like, I totally get it. That, that we would all start to yell, Yah, yahoo! And the guy makes the amazing shot. Wins the final four. And we say, Jesus, he won! He rose from, yeah, what did he win exactly? What is it? Why, 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 why do I try and get you loosened up and say, hey, you guys, rejoice with me? When I look at you, And I don't see the most just and wonderful people in the world. I look at your life, I don't see someone who's all in order. So I think, well, I get a hero, and and, you think, well, I'll get a hero. This is how I'll know that this is the hero. He'll do what I think is best. He'll agree with me about what the right settings are in this societal like discussion we're having about ethics and truth and justice he'll 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 go my way the entire world caught up in this you know i know what needs to happen and if you'll agree with me and then i'll follow you that's what the first guy says this is really actually not a test for god it's sort of a test for a supernatural personal assistant i think for a lot of us that's kind of what i i really treat god like he's my supernatural personal assistant Lord, I'm hurting. <clears throat> please, Lord, I'd like to feel better. Lord, life's not going like I'd like it to go. Lord, would you please make it go like it should go? Father, I, 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 I need to get to there and I will serve you. I did this. This is to my shame. So I'm talking about me. I would sit down in my medical exams. I was taking a medical exam to get to me- going, Lord, I will be the best doctor for you there's ever been. Just get me through the next four hours. It might have been six hours. I don't know. It's crazy. Right? Like, what I really need is a supernatural personal assistant who will get me what I need. And so we put God in this box of what we think he ought to be. We all do it, honestly entire world's caught up in this idea that god's going to come and establish political power religious holiness destructive strength against evil we, we read our bibles and interpret it a certain way so that we can say well with my lens on i think well this is what god's going to do and, and and i and i i think that's true and i'm acting like this guy telling jesus get off the cross man get to work But we're looking back, right? You and I, we're looking back. We know it's not true. We know Jesus is actually not going to make a single move. He's going to die and go down to the grave and rise again. There's something different going on. That's why I like the second guy. Second guy. There's another thing in admission. Here comes number two. These three dying men on a cross. Here comes number two in verse 40. Because the second thief, by the way, say thief, but it doesn't mean they stole jewels or something or bread. They were insurrectionists. They were really meant to die. They weren't unjustly dying or something. They, they're, they're condemned. The other thief rebuked him, saying, do you not fear God since you are under the same sentence of condemnation? Who do you think you are, says the guy. We indeed, justly, for we are receiving the due reward for our deeds. But this man's done nothing wrong. And he said, and, and he said, and he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. This is amazing. To recognize the difference between God as a means and God as an end. Two men, both in felt need. They're both dying. They both turn to God, to Jesus on the cross. The first guy does what all the religious people are doing. Prove prove it to me and, 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 and be benefit to me. And, and then I'll follow you. I'll be with you if you get me out of this trouble. The second guy, I deserve the trouble. I sure like that you would know me. I deserve the trouble. It's absolutely this thing that's not very common in our society right now, and I don't know about you, but I think that most people are like this. They don't think they deserve the trouble they're in. Mostly because I can't link it, and you shouldn't link it. It's not always linked between something that happens to you, difficult, and sort of sin or something bad that you've done. So I'm not really talking about you've done something bad and therefore the the, the the hammer of God is on you. I mean that you think you deserve more than you have. You deserve things to work out a little differently than they're working out. You deserve more than this morning. By the way, this morning, did you guys see it? We're out on the sunrise service and we looked up and, and 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 it was so clear. You could see all the way up into Canada, the Canadian Rockies up there, is that what they're called, the Cascades? I don't know what they're called. They were so beautiful why did I get to see that? I don't know. It's a gift. I didn't deserve it. You're breathing right now. Do you deserve it? So this guy's like, I'm rightly condemned. and But Jesus, I, I'm not asking you to get me off the cross. I don't deserve anything. But, but, but when you're in your kingdom... This is a supernatural word to remember me in your kingdom. It's not a statement of worthiness. It's not a demand. It's a remarkable thing. You're, you're not really able to come to Jesus. I, I don't think unless you're willing to admit even your good deeds have been done to save yourself. You don't come to Jesus with a resume. There isn't anyone alive who doesn't have a hint of self-preservation, of self-orientation, of self-interest in good deeds that they do. And even my good deeds, they've been ways of sort of using God as a means to an end. It was a big deal. I don't know if you remember a couple, of, about ten years ago now. It's called the prayer of Jabez. Like we, we pigeonhole some of these things or, I don't know, when you round hole it, round file. Some of these books, because that was a book that said, hey, if you pray this prayer, then you get to expand your territory because you're using God to get more territory. Or a book called The Treasure Principle. You ever hear about that? Treasure Principle that basically said the same sort of thing. You know, if you give to God, he's going to mix it up, double it up, give it 10 times over and give it back to you. Okay, where does my little mercenary little heart go? I got a buck. I could get 10. I got a 100. I could get a 1,000. Dude, I'm in. God is a means to an end. But what if he's not? Right? Because that's what religion is. Using God as a means to an end. And then this admission, it breaks the dam, this supernatural statement. We deserve death. But Jesus, if you'd remember me, I don't have any particular like thing about me to make you remember me, I got no like beauty about me to make you remember me. I got no deserved worthiness. I'm not going to pay you something. I'm not going to join your team and fight for you. If anything, I'm in the stands watching as you made that shot. But we get to the most fun part. This <laughs> is amazing. He's alive. the promise. Of this dying man who's dead no longer. Look what Jesus said. Just one, one verse and we're, we're done. Because Jesus says to this dying second thief on the cross. Jesus said to him, Truly I say to you, Today you will be with me in paradise. The famous verse, an incredible response. It's often read, boy, amen. You're going to be in heaven. When we do that, I think we skip over the very best part. The reason why I'm bringing it up to you this morning, really. This amazing verse. It's in the Bible. This is Jesus talking. What does he say to the guy exactly? Did you notice? He looks at the thief who's rightly dying for his sin because he's condemned. He knows he's condemned. He's not arguing about it. Is a just punishment. There's no sense that it was the wrong punishment. And he says, it's emphatic in the Greek text more. He says, with me, you will be in paradise. See how that changes? You're going to be with me. It's the with me. It's like John seventeen seventeen when Jesus prays, Lord, Father, my prayer. His prayer for his guys, his prayer for his his, his people, his the the, the his disciples that he had, men and women, he says, So this is my prayer. My prayer is that they would what? John seventeen seventeen, I want them to be with me where I am. John seventeen twenty three. Father, I want them to be with me where, where I am and to see my glory, glory from before the creation of the world. I want you to love them even as you love me. What does it take for this thief on the cross to be with Jesus? What does it take for the Father to love people like this criminal the same way He loves Jesus? Because that's what Jesus says. You're a thief going down. But whether or not you die today, and you will, whether or not death happens, and it does, you're gonna be where I'm going. The guarantee is that you'll be with me. It's so much greater than when you die, you're going to go to heaven. Why is it greater? Because Jesus rose from the dead. And if he says you're going to be with me through death, into something, you're with him. How can he make this promise? It's because you and I, we don't understand God. We're, we're almost all of us, so much of our lives, the first man on the cross. Thinking that Jesus has the same values I have, the same means I have, the same thoughts about what is just and right and good and true, his evaluation, to me, dummy that I am, is somehow, am I good enough to pass muster? I don't really even know what that means, passing muster. But I think what it means is that, am I good enough? Am I really good enough? Have I done enough? Have I believed enough? Instead, Jesus just says to him, you'll be with me. And so the question was how, the answer's right here because Jesus is with him right now because he, Jesus is in his place so that, so that you and I can be in his place. I, I'm, I'm, Jesus says, I'm down here receiving what you deserve so that I can give you what you don't deserve. I'm utterly with you. And this is what you and I receive, this this idea. When you and I actually embrace our sin and our death, because you know what? We're not deserving. And this is why we can celebrate, because today is the true beginning. Not of a turned over leaf towards better living, but to actual life itself. We are with him because he lives. And he promised to criminals. So will you stop with the bookkeeping, with the victimhood, with the entitlement? Because you and I, we deserve to die. And we don't look to God to sort of set the scales right so that we don't. We go down into death. And we hear his word. You will be with me. We were awake last night. I was going to tell this, but I guess we were, we're going on a trip. It, it, it requires that you take a COVID test. It's one of those things where you take a COVID test and if you're positive, then you get to stay home. But if you're negative, then you can get on the plane kind of idea. I'll tell you what. We didn't sleep well last night. You know, we're checking little app where the little results come in to see. It's like 4 a.m. There's a little ding. How do I know it's 4 a.m.? Cause we were awake. And it says, oh, you were clear. Ah, okay. Now I can get some sleep. The test, right? Did I, did I pass the test? So much anxiety, so much wonder, so much. I really want that, but am I really? And 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 don't, don't miss that we rejoice today because the little green mark is there. There is a test. What's the test? Did Jesus die for you? And the answer is. The tomb was empty. You did. And and, and and all the worrying that I do, and all the anxiety that I do, and all the wonder that I, all that man, am I good enough? Or, or am, am I really loving enough? No, 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 no. It's right here. Your assurance, your surety is the promise of God that it's true. He is our yes and amen. So we look to Him to rescue you in a way that's underneath our thought, that's different than we think, that's not the way we would do it. Because he came and he died and then he rose again. The Bible says, blessed be the God and father of our Lord Jesus Christ. He's our Lord. Because according to his great mercy, he has, he, he has caused us to be born again to a living hope. How? Through the resurrection of Jesus from the dead. The tomb's <laughs> empty. He did it. Ah, no, I didn't do, I'm like, I don't, Lord, remember me. Yes, I'll be with you. This is the event of the universe. Don't get caught up in the others, in anxiety or worry or doubt or shame, because we're all thinking about the wrong stuff. We're not seeing this reality. In fact, it was Martin Lloyd-Jones, great British preacher. I think he was a doctor, so I like him. But he said this, he said, he would ask people, are you a Christian? And if they said, I'm trying, then he knew they didn't understand. There's no hint of I'm trying, I ought to be a better person. But rather there's Jesus. Are you a Christian? Yes. The tomb was empty. Everything he said is true. God became a man and died on a cross and his words on his lips are that you'll be with him and then he rose from the dead and he has the power and he has the authority. It's not just sometimes the authority we want to see because that's not us being under God. (laughs) Oh, our self-doubt can consume us. We need to see that he sees us with him. Let me give you one more verse and then we'll close. Ephesians 2 says this, that even when we were dead in our trespasses, He made us alive together, look, with Him, with Jesus. By grace you've been saved and raised us up with Him and seated us with Him in the heavenly places in Christ. It's past tense. He's done it. It's finished. It worked. The tomb was empty. Tim Keller said this once. I like this illustration. He said, if you're a billionaire and you've gotten to have in your pocket three dollars bills and you take a cab and you take a cab to your trip and you go and it's a $6 fare, so you give him a 10 and you tell them to keep the change because you're a billionaire. It doesn't matter that much. And then as you go away, later that afternoon, you reach down into your pocket and you realize you only have one $10 bill left. Oh, no. Do you trace down the cab to see if it fell out in the back seat? Do you run back to the intersection where you were to see when you pulled your hand out, one of them fell on the street? Maybe that 10 bucks is still lying around. Or do you say, wait a minute, I'm a billionaire. I've got the greatest gift ever. I'm rejoicing today and and I can because my perspective is such that I've been given the best thing that could ever be given. What's that? The tomb was empty. Jesus Christ rose from the dead for you. He said you'll be with him forever. And all this stuff and all the anxieties and all the things, uh, we have them still because we're, we're dumb. But at least when we're thinking about it, we can think we're dumb. And we come back to the cross and say, you know what? We've got it all. He arose. He's alive. And by his promise, by his gift, we are with him. We trust him. We, we're not by trying, but by receiving, just trusting that his word is true. His saving is true. It didn't look like much as he died on a cross as a criminal. But his promises were to remember us in his kingdom. And he does. He does. Has he ever broken a single word? Our Savior. No, he has not. Happy Easter. He's risen. Let's pray.